Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good Saturday morning to you. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, Jason. I hope you are as well. I'm doing wonderful, Bill. Uh, I got to get a recap. I know as you left here on Saturday, you were heading to a wedding for your son. I hope everything went off well. Everything was. I I am here to report that uh, there was a wedding. uh, There was a marriage. uh, (laughs) Nobody chickened out. Uh, and everything was absolutely beautiful. We, we could not have been happier. Uh, my heart goes out to all of the young folks um, and others uh, who have uh, tried to have uh, wedding plans uh, this summer because I know that uh, while the stress is totally off our family at this point, um, Anyone who's tried to make plans for any event uh, this summer uh, has had great difficulty. And, and uh, I think this was the, the wedding was actually plan number five. Wow. <laughs> In terms of, of how things actually uh, uh, and how the plans changed because. Uh, you know, uh, Thomas and his bride, uh, the original plan uh, was uh, a wedding in a in a church uh, very close to where my son lived uh, uh, and goes to school, and the church was right next to the law school, and so uh, that basically the, the wedding and the rehearsal dinner and all that stuff was to be at a very convenient church, and then the reception was to be right next door at the school. Well, guess what? COVID came, and, and you know, the, the church basically closed its doors, uh, which, you know, that's a pretty unusual thing to begin with. Uh, and the law school closed its doors as well in terms of have, having a gathering. Uh, and, and so the original plans, <coughs> excuse me, which was for a normal type, I mean, what you would expect on a t- typical wedding, uh, basically got thrown out the door and plan, uh, I don't know if this was plan number two or three, but basically it was limited to 10 people. So it was hardly the immediate family right. could, <laughs> could be. Uh, and then uh, it, it uh, opened up a little bit. Uh, and and so uh, it, it it seemed like more of a normal man, uh, wedding, and and at least uh, all of the immediate family could be there with the uncles and aunts. And uh, I was very pleased that uh, my uh, brother and sister uh, uh, and and spouses could be there, and uh, Sheila's uh, brother and sister uh, and their spouses could be there. Uh, because all everyone was disinvited, if you will. <laughs> so, and the wedding was beautiful, and the reception was uh, after the wedding was fantastic. Uh, there was no rehearsal dinner. There was no, you know, none of that. So, uh, very, very different. But you know, like I said, this this thing has the only thing that was weird because plan number five. They had. They were married in a church near the school, not too far, about ten miles away. 
But the reception was at the bride's father's home, and that was over an hour away. So it was like getting married in Raleigh and having the reception in Greensboro. (laughs) But but other than that, uh, the weather was perfect, and uh, there there wasn't anything uh, that wasn't absolutely fantastic. And and they're married, so hey. <laughs> but but then again, you know, it's like the other things. Um, they uh, had intended to go to Cancun on a honeymoon, uh, and of course that didn't happen. Uh, and they had applied for passports uh, back last early March, uh, and then of course the State Department pretty much uh, shut down. Well, guess what? They never got their passports, even though they applied months and months ago, uh, because the State Department's not doing their job. You know, they're uh, working at, I mean, I, I can't even say they're working at half speed, but the bottom line is, is that, you know, and that's, that's a big problem for lots of folks, you know, in terms of government agencies not working. You know, I mean, because for a lot of government jobs, uh, working at home doesn't work. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and so for uh, for anyone who, who needs help from any government agency today, they're just out of luck. And, of course, the same thing's true with the court system. The court system is virtually closed. I mean, they are working and the, you know these people are good people but you know they're trying to uh, save themselves and their families too and you can't you can't uh, criticize them for that but at the same time there's government services are are pretty much non-existent at this point uh, and that's pretty sad um, you know so I just hope the kids get their passports by January <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll see about that, but um, you know, we we all have to make our sacrifices, and and uh, uh, that you know, it's it's. But like I said, making plans, and and just think about all of the conferences and meetings that have been canceled. Um, uh, I, I know um, there are lots of places in the economy where uh, because this. I mean, it's just been uh, horribly difficult. Uh, I know uh, we have a, a, a cottage up in the mountains in Montreat, and they have conferences all summer long, church conferences, and all of those have been canceled. So guess what? Uh, we, we uh, I'm on a board uh, for the William Black Lodge, which is a wonderful place that it has been operated for many, many years for church workers and pastors uh, primarily to give them a, a respite, give them a place um, where they can go at, at low cost or no cost, depending on circumstances. And, of course, the money for the lodge is made during the summer based on these conferences. And guess what? No conferences, so very little, you know, the, the lodge is suffering, just like a lot of other businesses. So it's... A lot of nonprofits, and of course the Mountain Retreat Association, same way. They've made all their money in the summer conferences seasons, and not happening this year. So you know, there and there are lots and lots of businesses that, and now these are nonprofits, of course, chari- charitable organizations, but and of course not only charities, but 
profit business has have the same issues. Um, very, very difficult. So everybody's just trying to float and make you know hopefully get through all this. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll we just have to we have to keep fighting. You know this COVID thing. We should look at it as a, a war type of a response on our part, and we as citizens have to do our part. Take the lumps, if you will, and um, wear our mask, wash our hands, keep our distance, do the things that we have to do um, so that we can get this through this as a family, as a community, as a nation. It's, it's just, um, you know, we, we can't ignore it. Uh, if we ignore it, we're disrespecting each other. Uh, we just have to do our part, and that's... That's just the way it is. Now, there is one other thing I wanted to mention to you. You know, it's um, it, we can go out uh, tonight out of our homes. You know, you know the the COVID is not supposed to be. Um, you know, we we're supposed to be able to go outside. It's not it's not as uh, right. a problematic, right? So tonight, if we go outside, anytime after it gets dark, and if you look into the sky towards the Big Dipper which should be in the northeastern sky. I hope it's a cloudless night and starry night where we can see. Um, there is a magnificent comet. And as I understand it, I have not seen it yet. I'm hoping to go out there tonight. Um, uh, the, the, this, the comet is supposed to be as magnificent as Halley's Comet. Uh, and I can't even tell you when Halley's was, but we all know the name. Well, and, and this one has a funky name. I don't even know the name of it. I just know that I'm going to go look for it tonight. And it's supposed to be just below the Big Dipper, uh, northeastern sky. And as I understand it, it has a tail that is about the uh, – if you look at a full moon – it would be the length of three full moons. That's pretty big. That is pretty huge. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, and so we can all go outside tonight <laughs> about ten o'clock, and hopefully, if if the if it's not a cloudy evening, uh, we'll get a view of a spectacular comet. And it's it's not just tonight. It's supposed to be there for a, a while, and actually, it's been uh, been around all week. It's just that early in the week. You had to get up before dawn to see it. <laughs> now it's more in the evening skies rather than in the morning sky. So we all appreciate that, you know. We appreciate the comment for letting us uh, folks who don't like to rise so early get a get a nice glimpse. Well, uh, Bill, we've got plenty we want to hit on later in the show today. We want to talk more about the foundations of long term care planning, which we've discussed over the past few weeks. We want to get into a discussion on the VA, and we're going to get into some uh, some talk about basic documents as well stick around you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on fm 98.5 am 680 wptf news talk traffic you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on fm 98.5 am 680 wptf 
News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, over the course of the last few weeks, we've been talking about the foundations of long-term care planning. And these are all subjects that uh, folks are who are familiar with this program or who are familiar with your webinars and seminars are, are going to understand. But, um, you know, uh, in that realm, we also want to talk about the VA and the benefits associated with the VA. Well, absolutely. I hadn't had an opportunity uh, in the past couple of weeks to actually, you know, we've been digging into long-term care issues and talking about Medicaid and talking about special assistance and some of the others, but we hadn't talked about VA benefits. And and there would be some folk, a lot of folks out there that say, well, I'm not a veteran and my spouse is not a veteran. And so I'm not sure if I want to listen to this stuff, but I would say stay tuned. I mean, the bottom line is, is that our veterans are uh, our greatest patriots. They're, they are the folks that, that served us. As a country, uh, we wouldn't be here without them, if you will, if you will. And all of us, if we're not veterans ourselves, we have friends or family members or acquaintances whom we know are veterans. And it's the kind of thing where if you learn some of this stuff, you can share it with them because the VA does not share their benefit programs. In other words, they don't write to people and say, hey, we think you might be entitled to something. Why don't you apply and see what we can do for you? We're here to help. Well, I mean, they, they do say we're here to help, but the fact is that the VA, when you really look at how they do things and how difficult they make it, they are not user-friendly. They are not, their rules really are, in fact, set up to deny claims rather than to approve claims. And of course, they don't tell people that they have benefits that may be available to them. So, uh, and and quite frankly, uh, many veterans uh, are not tuned in to um, benefits that might be available to them. You, you think they are, but, you know, folks get out of the service, and, um, you know, whether they've retired or they only spent a couple years in service, they get out, and they're just like you and me. They get to work and, <laughs> and to, you know, they, they find a path uh, to um, – make a difference in the world and just like everybody else you got to earn a living and you know raise the family and the whole bit and so oftentimes after they people get out of the service they don't pay attention anymore to benefits or things like that because they're not well publicized so you know the the fact is that it, it, you might be able to help somebody by uh, saying, well, you know, I heard about this benefit. You might want to look into it. Um, so anyway, I would just say, now for those folks who are veterans or family members of veterans, uh, there are some things that are extremely uh, important uh, when it comes to certain benefits. So now the VA is split up into two huge organizations and one relatively small or medium-sized organization, but it, it, the, the last one is, is ex, small compared to the other two. So what are the biggies? The, the biggest is actually the VHA. 
which is Veterans Health Administration. Uh, and that, truthfully, is the largest hospital and healthcare organization in the world. Uh, and so they serve an awful lot of folks. Now, uh, some people think that every veteran is entitled to health care through the VHA, and that is absolutely not true at all. Uh, most veterans are not eligible for health care through the VA, but some are. Uh, the, the biggest groups that are eligible for health through the VA uh, would be uh, uh, veterans who were injured in service, not necessarily during war periods, but uh, during, in other words, it's called in-service connected disability. Um, and so uh, if, uh, a if, if your loved one is receiving a check from the VA each month, it is highly likely that that check is for an in-service connected disability. And those folks are eligible for VHA, or health services through uh, uh, the, the VA. Uh, yeah, uh, now, um, and I will say this about uh, in-service connected disability. Like I said, it does not require war period service. I mean, and uh, it's just being injured uh, during uh, service. And truthfully, I, you know, I don't know a single veteran who doesn't have hearing loss. I mean, if, if you were in the service, uh, you're, you were around extremely loud noises all the time. And it doesn't matter whether you were in the Air Force and around uh, the flight line or whether you're a pilot or whether you were in the Army. You know, the worst cases come out of the Army, I think. Anybody who served in the Armor Division or Artillery Division, man, <laughs> you're lucky if you can hear anything left. But, you know, there are a lot of serious injuries uh, other than hearing loss as well. And um, if a veteran uh, – now, a, a couple things about this in terms of uh, disability uh, for veterans, and that is if you're 50 percent rated, then 50 percent actually gives you um, any medical care through the VA uh, uh, with no cost whatsoever, no copays, no deductibles. It's all covered if you're 50% or higher. Now, the one thing that that does not include would be nursing care. And the VA does not offer assisted living. So, you know, there, there's still a hole in the, in the system there as well. But uh, now, if you're 70% disabled, and this is something that most veterans do not know, if you are 70% disabled or higher, then you are eligible for VA nursing care. And if you're 70%, you do not have to go to the, the, the VA nursing homes. In other words, the VA has contracts with private nursing homes in every county. So that, for instance, if you're a veteran in Wake County and you're 70% uh, to 100%, then the VA will pay for nursing care in Wake County. So that's, that's really important for folks to understand. Now, also, uh, 
uh, any veteran, it, whether you're disabled or not disabled, is war period service, not war period service, you're just a veteran, that's it, <laughs> then you are eligible for the state VA homes. And there are a couple things to know about that. Now, the disadvantage of the state homes is you have to go to them. So where are they located? In North Carolina, they are located. Uh, the closest one, I, I would think, is Fayetteville. Uh, and then you have Kinston, and we have another one in Salisbury, and then another one in Asheville. Uh, so you have to go to one of those uh, if you're not eligible, you know, if you're not 70% or higher and you want to go to a VA nursing home. And and uh, I, I can tell you that the VA nursing homes are extremely well run. Uh, and quite frankly, a lot of our veterans actually like uh, going to the VA nursing homes because they're around other patriots, other folks who had service just like they did, and they can, uh, frankly, they uh, even if they have dementia, their long-term memory sometimes is okay, and they can talk their war stories, and it's still meaningful to them. So uh, that actually can can be helpful, and uh, also if uh, both mom and dad need nursing care, and and the veteran is at the VA nursing home. Uh, Based on available beds, even the spouse can go to the VA nursing home on a space-available basis. Uh, and if the veteran dies, the spouse can stay in the VA nursing home if they're already there. So there's um, there are some rules like that. Now, uh, and um, so I want folks to at least be aware uh, of of that. One of the real benefits of the VA nursing homes is that uh, all of the beds are in fact Medicaid of, uh, beds. So if you can't afford the private pay rate, which is much less than normal nursing homes, um, then you can actually go on Medicaid in the VA homes as well. But um, the like in Fayetteville, and unless it's gone up, my my understanding is that the monthly cost of care in Fayetteville, uh, and there's some grant involved in it, but uh, it's about thirty-six hundred dollars a month, which is a lot of money to a lot of folks. But it's about half <laughs> of what it is in many other nursing homes. Now, it's my understanding that the other three VA homes are closer to $4,500, but even so, that's still much less expensive than uh, than private nursing home care in North Carolina. So knowing about the state homes for veterans is important, and a lot of folks don't know that they exist. Yeah, I would have been one of those people until this program, Bill. And these are the type of topics that you go into in detail in your seminars and webinars. And if you're interested in finding more information and getting this uh, these subjects in more detail, go online to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button, and there you can register for free to attend Bill's next seminar. We do this the second Wednesday of every month. The next one's coming up in August. Go online to WGALaw.com. Again, click on the seminars button and there it is free to register. You can also call the office at 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. 
7000 A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're having a discussion all about the foundations of long-term care planning. And in that regard, we're talking about uh, everything that has to do with the VA bill. And as we've alluded to, this is an area that um, I think even a lot of veterans just don't know all the details and all the benefits available to them. Well, we're, we're only really talking about a, a, a small nub when it comes to the VA because the VA is, is huge in terms of what it does and how it does it. Uh, but I, I want to stay on uh, in-service connected disability for a moment before we go on to what they call VA pension benefits. But um, if a veteran is 100% disabled. And um, uh, then, of course, the monthly check is bigger. Uh, you, and, and, of course, you, you have the health benefits as well. And you have the nursing home benefits as well. But the reason I want to talk about 100%, and I'm seeing more people today that are 100% because of the Agent Orange settlement. Uh, you know, it took the government 40 years to admit culpability in terms of injuring our veterans with Agent Orange, who's the folks who served in country in Vietnam. Uh, but there are a lot of other veterans who are still 100% disabled and were never in Vietnam. But if a veteran is 100% and you're married, and you've been married to the veteran at least 10 years while the veteran was rated 100%, then the spouse is also eligible for a benefit upon the death of the veteran. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing, of course, is this disability compensation is tax-free money as well. Uh, and if the veteran dies after being disabled 100% for 10 years, for at least 10 years, then the spouse is eligible for what's called a DIC, and that's Dependency Indemnity Compensation. You know, the VA has these horrible words that they use, but the bottom line is, uh, and that uh, DIC benefit for the spouse varies depending on uh, the rank of the individual and that sort of thing. But oftentimes it's about half of, of what uh, the veteran might have been receiving. It, it varies, and that's not an exact figure one way or the other. But it's important that the spouse know that there is a benefit um, uh, out there and that they apply for it. But, you know, everything with the VA requires an application. It doesn't come automatically. If you don't ask for it, you don't get it. So it's important for folks to know that there's a benefit that they can, in fact, and should apply for. Um, and if you've had 10 years of marriage during the 100% of disability, it, it's fairly automatic. It's one of the claims that the VA is not going to deny out of the box like they do almost all other claims. So <laughs> it's uh, important. And also there's a fairly new um, 
benefit, which acknowledges the fact that many veterans died from Agent Orange complications. And so if you're the widow or widower of a Vietnam veteran who who died before the VA ever acknowledged culpability with the Agent Orange, and the de- it makes it a whole lot easier if the death certificate actually shows as one of its causes something that is a presumed malady for Agent Orange. So any veteran who served in Vietnam should, uh, if even if they're perfectly healthy, should uh, Google the list of presumed maladies. Uh, for Agent Orange because it's a long list and there's a bunch of stuff on there that most veterans would not necessarily consider as something uh, culpable. But, I mean, even things such as certain types of diabetes and heart disease um, uh, that could be related to other things, it's presumed to be related to Agent Orange. Uh, And there are lots of cancers and things like that that are presumed maladies as well. So every veteran who served in Vietnam should be aware of those presumed maladies. But the new um, claim that uh, the VA just uh, recently uh, is allowing is a claim for widows and widowers of Vietnam veterans um, who died, uh, and if you can show that the death was related to an Agent Orange malady, then for you there's a DIC claim as well. Um, so because, you know, those veterans never had an opportunity to apply for their disability benefit because they died prior to the VA uh, accepting culpability for uh, these maladies. So, you know, those are important for folks. Now, uh, with that said, I, I want to move into an area that's really important for um, particularly my senior veterans uh, who served during a war period. Um, now, if you don't know what those war periods are, then you can look those up. But is war period as defined by the VA? And the VA defines war periods right up till the armistice in each war, whether it was World War II, Korea, Vietnam. And so there are an awful lot of veterans who think, well, I'm not a war period veteran because I went into service right after the war. And truthfully, if you went into service right after the war, you probably are considered a war period veteran because in most of the conflicts, there was a year or two after the fighting stopped before an armistice was formally signed. So a lot of veterans uh, uh, get to claim war period status because of that, and that's extremely helpful. So you need your discharge paper. That's really important. That's a very important document for veterans because your discharge paper tells you when you went in on active duty and when uh, you came out, uh, when you were separated from service. And so it was your in-service for active duty uh, that you can claim. Now, uh, there are an, a lot of folks uh, who have served in the National Guard and the Reserve, and if the only active duty that you ever served, and I'm not talking about your annual training days and those kind of things, but if the only active duty you ever served was for basic training, 
and you were there in a reserve or National Guard status, that is not considered active duty. So it doesn't count towards this benefit. Uh, In fact, that status is called active duty for training. Uh, And so it's completely different. Now, on the other hand, if you were drafted, Uh, then your active duty, uh, then your basic training would be active duty. Uh, so there's a difference there. And it's not fair, but that's just the way it is. Um, and also through Vietnam, it, it, I mean, it, the pension, it's called the pension. Now, the VA uses dumb words because the pension uh, benefit program is not a pension. A lot of professionals call it the aid and attendance program, and it's not. It is actually the improved pension, VA improved pension program. It can come with aid and attendance. It also can come with housebound, which is a lower level. Uh, in fact, uh, so those veterans who are still relatively independent, but they can't drive anymore, it is highly likely that you're housebound. So if you, um, you should look, at least look into the benefit. You may not be eligible for, because of the income or asset test uh, for this program, because this one is a means-tested program, unlike some of the other VA programs. But the pension program is means-tested, which means they do look at your income, they do look at your assets. And their formulas are extraordinarily complicated. Uh, so, But the first test of three, there's three tests for this program. The first test is, did you serve on active duty during a period of war? So... <laughs> And of course, uh, then how you know how many days and those kind of things. But almost any veteran, uh, it only takes one day of war period service. It takes more days of active duty, but only one during a period of war. Uh, if you meet that test, then you go to test two and three, which are income and assets. And so. Um, the asset test is a little bit easier uh, than the income test, um, uh, and, and they do look at household income and household assets. That basically means if you're married, they will look at not only your income and your assets, but they will look at your spouse's income and your spouse's assets and any joint uh, assets that you might have as well. So uh, now. Uh, a, a couple years ago, the, the VA made the asset test much more difficult. You know, like I said, they do everything they can to implement rules where they can deny your claims. <laughs> so uh, now you, you can have, and they don't count the same way Medicaid counts, you know, although there are some similarities. But you can have a home of any value. You can't have a lot of land but with the VA, but you can have a home, uh, you can have a vehicle, and then you can have what they call countable property of up to $127,000. Now, if you go over that, then you're, you're out of luck, uh, although there are ways you can spend it down and get under that and to be eligible. That normally takes a little bit of professional help. Um, and... Uh, we now you can also there is a three-year look back so if you have far more than that 
then you can use a trust in order to uh, has to be something that uh, has has to be done in a way that complies with the VA rules, and they're a little bit they're fairly complicated, but you can do that, and then three years later you could apply. So you know this is not where crisis planning works for our veterans. It used to we used to be able to do crisis plans. Uh, without any problem. But like I said, the VA changed the rules. Now, another thing that's really bad for veterans for the VA pension program has to do with annuities. The VA threw the baby out with the bathwater. There was a big issue with with, uh, folks selling annuities, and it became problematic. So the VA instituted a rule where uh, uh, if you have an annuity uh, today, it is highly likely that that will keep you from being able to get the VA pension benefit. Um, So you need to be extraordinarily careful in terms of uh, purchasing any kind of annuity uh, if you are a veteran who will be uh, uh, seeking this VA pension uh, benefit. And so who are the veterans who might be seeking this benefit? Any veteran who does not have long-term care insurance. <laughs> and that's almost all of us. Uh, so uh, it, it is uh, important. And I know we have to take a break. And I'll come back and talk about this pension benefit a little bit more. Excellent. And again, these are all subjects that Bill goes into in great detail in his seminars. You can find more information online at WGA Law. WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button. It is free to register and to attend Bill's next seminar coming up in August. You can also call 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander and we're talking all about foundations of long-term care planning in particular with the VA and uh, Bill we're right now on the VA pension benefit which is is not a pension. Well, it is not a pension. Uh, the best way to describe the improved pension program is that it is a long-term care reimbursement program. Um, you know, forget all the words that the VA uses. It is a long-term care reimbursement program, uh, which means it's to get a reimbursement, guess what? You have to be spending money uh, on long-term care needs in order to be reimbursed for it. So that's, that's a biggie. It seems simple, but it, it's the problem because just because you're sick, just because you have needs, and just because you don't have enough money to pay for it doesn't mean that the VA is going to give you a nickel. You, you, it has to be where the money goes out and you be reimbursed. Uh, very important concept when it comes to VA. So, for instance, if, um, if you or your spouse are in assisted living uh, and the cost of that care in assisted living is more than all of your income and all of your spouse's income, which is not uncommon, 
then you're going to meet the income test. Or if the same is true, if you're privately paying for nursing care, uh, it, it is often far more than all of the income of both spouses. So that's an easy way to meet the income test. But guess what? Most of us want to stay at home. And most of us try to avoid paying people to come in to take care of us. We want to take care of ourselves first. And we only hire people as a last resort because none of us can afford the cost because truthfully, hiring in-home care can be even more expensive than going to assisted living or nursing care. So, uh, you know, we all do our best to stay at home. My veterans who are trying to stay at home need professional help. Uh, and, and this is where, whether you meet the asset test or not, because it's rare to, you know, don't forget that the rules are set up to deny your claim. So if you don't understand the rules going in and have everything done so that it will meet their test, you're going to get denied. And almost everyone who applies trying to receive help to stay at home gets denied unless they have professional help. That's one of the reasons we stay busy. So a couple things related to that. Number one, if you're going to get help, only take help from a person who is accredited by the VA. Uh, I, the attorneys in my office are accredited VA uh, people, uh, advisors, and that makes a difference. A lot of folks out there are not VA accredited, even some who are authorized to help you. I mean, for instance, you can go to the American Legion or the Veterans of Foreign Wars, and they'll have somebody there who can help you. Whether they're accredited or not is another matter. You need to ask. If somebody uh, volunteers to fill out an application, whether it's a VA application, and same thing is true for Medicaid. I see the same issue on the Medicaid side. If you have people who are trying to be helpful and say, yes, we will help you fill out an application, but they're not asking you questions to determine eligibility before you fill out that application, they're the wrong person to help you. This happens all the time in the hospital uh, and at assisted living uh, facilities and places like that, where there are folks that says, yes, we'll, we'll fill out this application. There's no charge. And, and, and the fact is you can't take these applications back. And most people are not eligible. They need to do something. It, sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's quick, sometimes it's not. But the fact is, most people are, in fact, not eligible based on the rules that exist without doing something before you apply. And if you let somebody fill out an application for you and send it in, it can cost you money because likely you'll be denied and delayed, and it's it's horrible. So we, we try to get to people <laughs> to let them know this before the fact. Now, VA pension can be helpful. It does not matter what level of care you need. So you can get it for home care. You can be in independent living and get it. You can be in assisted living. You can be in nursing care. A veteran that's married can receive over $2,200 a month. The widow of a veteran can receive over $1,200 a month. 
the spouse of a veteran, the VA will always tell you there's no spousal benefit. But yes, you can get a spousal benefit uh, if uh, if you're married to a veteran. So uh, anyway, I know I'm out of time, but there's so many things with the VA that are so important to folks. So if you have friends or family that's veterans, please let them know that this stuff exists. Encourage them to come to my seminar. That's right. And you can find more information online at WGALaw.com. Just click on the seminars button again, WGALaw.com. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. A reminder, find more information about Bill and his seminars seminars uh, online at WGALaw.com. Just click on the Seminars button and remember it's free to register or you can always check us out every Saturday morning at 11 for Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. On behalf of Bill, I'm Jason Kong thanking you for listening and we hope you will join us again next week right here on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great weekend.